I'm Charlene Yennerfeld, and you're listening to About That Outdoor Job. I returned to the Northern Hemisphere, and when I did end up in France, um, they kind of looked at it and kind of had a bit of a laugh, and they kind of like, nah, those kangaroos on their certificates, they're all very nice, and do you really get kangaroos kind of in, in, in ski resorts? This is Caroline Elliott, snow sports awareness educator and author. Though originally from the UK, it's in Australia that she first got the opportunity to get into ski patrolling. And in case you're still wondering, well, no, it's not often that you can spot a kangaroo in an Australian ski resort. Caroline isn't very good at taking no for an answer, especially if the no comes about because she's a British woman trying to make her place in the male-dominated field of snow safety and avalanche rescue. She was determined to do it, and I was very curious to learn what drove her. So Caroline, you were first turned down when you tried to get into ski patrol training in France. You then headed to the Southern Hemisphere and trained over two years with the Australian Volunteer Ski Patrol Association. You then returned to France to be told that if you wanted to work as a ski patrol, you'd have to start all over and complete the full French training. Honestly, most people would have given up by then. Why didn't you? I think it was more a case of I was doing my work and I realised that there were elements missing. I, as I said, I also had a major accident in 1991 and I uh, was ski jumping and I had a major um, uh, accident because I had the wrong bindings on. I had my ski ballet bindings on as opposed to a normal ski and I did some ski jumping off a, off a ramp and I spiral fractured my leg so I cracked both tibia and fibia. And had to be helicoptered off. <laughs> I laugh about it now. Morphine was great. Um, and I think um, that kind of being on the other side and seeing and, and being, you know, treated in such a, a, an incredibly caring way, um, I saw that was more the area I wanted to go into. I've been ski instructing in Austria and it was great fun. But there was an element missing for me and it was that caring side of it. I think I turned around and decided that money was never going to be, for me, the pull. Um, when I finished my language degree in German and Spanish, I um, could have gone to London and worked in a big bank. And the idea of being shut in a box, um, having to dress in a skirt and walk around in very uncomfortable shoes and, you know, be in that kind of very kind of um, environment where it's all about meeting targets. It just wasn't for me. I needed to be in nature. I need to be in the mountains. So when did your passion for snow sports first start? My mum luckily took me when I was about 10 to Mary Bell and I learned to ski. And I think I've got the, um, I've always loved sports where you feel a kind of like an adrenaline and you feel as your body's really working. Because I was a gymnast years ago in a gymnastics team and I got the same form of, um, what do you want to call it? The kind of the feeling that I was pushing my limits and I really enjoyed it. And then I went into ski ballet and uh, did ski jumping. The strength of character, sheer determination and self-belief Caroline had to possess as a woman wanting to work in the snow and safety rescue field is quite intimidating. But yeah, and I, I have felt that I've had to fight in many ways. If I'd listened to people in Australia, um, I don't want to say it, but kind of old school, um, predominantly middle-aged men, um, uh, at the time, I was um, grieving in the loss of a, a good friend who was 35, um, a helicopter pilot who died from cancer. And I was very upset. And I was told at the time, oh, you're too emotional to work in ski patrol. Far too emotional. 
these cards. And um, as I say, since then I've gone through and done everything from my second level at, in Enza in Germany. Um, and the head of professional patrol in Australia, he said the one regret he ever had was never employing me. And are women too emotional for the job? Or is having the ability to show emotion a plus? I think females can have a side which maybe due to our, our nurturing, our biological side of nurturing children, there is a softer element um, when it comes to patient um, care. I think, again, you can bring a softness and a, a caring um, aspect and an empathy, which I don't want to say guys don't have. Of course they have, have empathy. But it's shown in a different way, which can be quite comforting to to patients. Um, I know from the other side, of it, we're working with a fire and rescue unit in France where they do 80% medical because paramedics don't exist. They were quite happy to have a female um, with the patient because they whether they didn't want to deal with it or they just found that we kind of dealt with certain maybe emotional issues a little bit better or found it easier to deal with than, than, than they would. Career specialist Zippias, team of data science, found that in 2021, women made up less than 30% of the ski patrol workforce in the US. And it's unlikely that those numbers would be any higher for Europe. Based on those statistics, Carolyn, I'm assuming most of the time you were the only woman on your team. How challenging was it to be accepted? Unfortunately, you do have to prove yourself because sometimes they'll look and say, well, you know, she's female, therefore she can't do it strength-wise. And yes, there are elements we cannot do strength-wise. I mean, in the fire, for example, the fire brigade, fire and rescue unit, I wouldn't be able to lift a 110 kilo, kilo guy on my shoulders. Just, I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and then I, I did believe, I still do believe that I was as strong as some of the guys um, for pulling on nets and and whatever. And I think being a, um, from a female perspective, we quite um, believe in preparing our bodies to do sport to protect ourselves, whereas the guys are, we were strong anyway. And that means they end up being prone to more injuries because um, we have to, instead of been doing it with sheer force we have to do it with a bit more technique because otherwise we can't do it um so yeah there's been elements there um i have to say if being a woman didn't add enough challenge to what's already a grueling profession what of the fact of being an outsider a foreigner also being a brit again kachiski it's just like well yeah we can actually why do you think you being a Brit, a foreigner, ruffled so many feathers? Because they don't tend to leave their valleys. They can be quite strong in how they feel about certain issues. And I was told when I came that I'd taken, stolen a job from someone in the valley. So I did say, well, OK, if you believe so, but does that person speak three different languages? Um, does that person have a specialist in, in bombing? And, and is there another person at the same time who's a dog handler? And they're like, oh, no. Like, well, I haven't stolen anyone's job. Though Caroline's journey has been taxing, it's also been exciting, and no more so than when she was recruited to be a dog handler for her three disciplines, avalanche, earthquake, and air scent. I've always loved animals, dogs. Because of the travelling, I never could have a dog. This is kind of like you know, incredible desire to have a dog, but my lifestyle didn't allow me to have it. And then up in the resort, um, I saw the dog handlers come up. 
from the fire brigade, uh, fire and rescue unit, the mountain um, rescue unit. And I saw them training, asked to go along. And um, eventually they said, oh, come on then. And then they realised that I was such a good skier because I had to be a good skier to do patrol. You can't not be a good skier. Um, they said, well, we need someone who can ski well. And you're up in the resort where the avalanches are, they're not down in the city. So we'd like to have you in our team um, and also because you have the languages. And so that's when the door opened and they allowed me in to train. And then I had to um, spend a year um, training up with them. And then I was allowed to have my puppy, um, which they chose the breed of the dog uh, for me, which has been the best breed out. So I'm no complaints there. And then, um, yeah, I spent um, 10 years of my career with them. Caroline shared with us how the caring side of snow safety and rescue is what originally drew her to the job but it's also what saw her leave her beloved mountains and return to the UK. So, Caroline, you returned to the UK, but you didn't stop working in snow sports safety. Rather, you shifted your focus to snow sports awareness education. How did that come about? I went back to care for mum, who's got Alzheimer's, and care for her for a couple of years. And I was feeling a, a massive loss of coming back leaving the mountains to come back to the UK. So I, I decided to carry on doing this and, and also saw an element of um, the kind of the, what would you say, the importance of educating before you actually get to a resort as opposed to leaving it to the instructors. Well, there's definitely a gap here. So I carried on working on my kind of other little projects regarding education, so going into to snow centres in the UK um, and it kind of developed from there the fact I had all this time but it was also for me a, a way of focusing um, some positive energy because I was dealing with a lot emotionally with mum and physically I was very very exhausted so I needed something to grasp onto and my grasping on was that kind of memory of the mountains and focusing on something which I'd also been I didn't really mention that but I was involved with that quite a bit in the ski patrol day or week I'd and I thought, this is really what I enjoy. And I became quite passionate about it. Um, so, yeah, especially having that really dodgy ski instructor when I was like 12, I realised that. There's more ski instructors like that. There's going to be more problems. And the patrol, I mean, you know, in, in patrol in France, I mean, 400, you get 400 evacuations in a small resort. You've already got two avalanches. So little accidents can be avoided. And the majority are on blues. So... I thought that was definitely the way to go. So I stayed in you know, the UK doing, um, looking after mum. And then once mum was settled, I carried on. And now you've published a children's book, Fjord's Mountain Mission, Slope Safety with Fjord the Avalanche Dog, that's beautifully illustrated by Eugenia Molina. What motivated you to write the book? Um, it was, again, it happened pretty organically because I used to come down from the slopes and I always used to write what silly, funny little things happened, even when I worked at the fire station. I was like, I'm going to note those down. Um, and I think it happened, just I kept writing stuff. And and then I got her, it's actually quite horrific, actually. I um, COVID hit, um, well, starting to hit, and I think I had it in France. And I did my season. But literally before that, kind of not season, sorry, that month, and before that month, I'd taken Fjord out um, for a training session and would have the training session beginning of February. It's 2020. And he, um, I went back to the UK that weekend and I got a call on Friday saying he's very, very ill. Um, he's collapsed, um, the girl who was looking after him. And then the next thing I know, I get a call in the evening from the vet who I haven't seen since. And he's lucky I haven't. 
because <laughs> he rang me up and he said Fjord's um, operation was a success. He didn't um, survive because um, his heart didn't survive the shock. He's dead. What do you want to do with his body? And um, so bless him, Fjord went back from France in a box. I think I was that emotionally as if something had been torn from me because he was my companion. He was everything for me. Um, I got back to the UK and I just um, I just felt this incredible hole in my life. And I thought, this is now, I've just got to write things. So I kept writing things down and I thought, you know, this would be good in the book. So I carried on working, trying to get into chapters. I did a bit of an online course, writing course. And um, then I thought, it needs to be a picture book. It can't be not a picture book. Um, so I actually, it's based on a real life day of, fjord and myself up the mountain and what I do and and there's lots of ponytails through the book because it's about empowering um young girls to go out and and, and do those kind of professions it's grown from from into a 135 page book um and it's got little kind of um, um sections in it kind of orange section where you learn snow safety kind of little blue kind of flags so blue orange flags blue flags about dog working dog rules green flags about um, Echo Planet kind of um, gestures. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun book and I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, International Ski Federation who've endorsed the book, um, along with the FIPS, which is the International Ski Patrol Federation, also Autovox with a big um, avalanche, German avalanche, um, uh, avalanche safety um, company have endorsed it too. So yeah, it's... You know, Fjord's gone, but he's embodied in the book. So that's probably the major motivation for me um, was getting it out. Part of the mission of the series Women in Outdoor Jobs is to share the stories and experiences of women like Caroline, who successfully made the outdoors their living so that women who want to achieve that for themselves can benefit from their learnings and advice. This is what Caroline would say to you if you're considering the snow sports safety and rescue field. Follow your dreams, I would never say, because people are, whether it's your parents or your friends or the school teachers or your kind of, your um, your mentors saying to you, well, no, 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 you can't because it's it's not a nine to five and it's not a uh, a job which is bringing in a salary in, in a year. There are ways to, to, to means of actually finding um finding a kind of a balance um, and just being being aware that there are the downsides of, of, of an element of, of working in patrol or whether working as ski instructor or as an outdoor uh, leader or a mountain guide, there are injuries. So keeping yourself healthy. Um, but I think definitely follow your dreams and, and research well. Um, and it's not about working if you want to work, about working the big resorts. Sometimes you can have a good, good... Um, kind of uh, professional career in a small resort believing in oneself and I'm a great believer in the mind um if you start saying oh I'm you know I don't I don't deserve that or I don't I'm not going to get there you won't Thanks to Caroline Elliott for taking the time to talk with me. You can find Caroline on Instagram at fjordsar and fjordsar.com. Other resources are listed in our show notes.
Thank you for listening. You can find About That Outdoor Job on Instagram, our website, and a number of podcast listening platforms. You can support our new podcasts by subscribing and leaving us a review. A review makes our podcast more visible so others can discover it as well. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Charlene Janerfeld. Hi there, this is Charlene again. I just wanted to quickly pop in and say a huge thank you to Janice, Caroline and Sasha. I really appreciate the reviews you left us and I'm so delighted to hear that you think we're on the right track.